Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today I wanted to take you through some brand new features that have just been released on an astrological program that I use called Astro Gold. Now, this is a program that is for Mac only at this point. Um, it is for the iOS uh, system for the iPhone and the iPad, and also the Mac OS system. Now, I do think you can get this for your Android phone as well, so I guess there is a little bit of wiggle room as far as uh, which type of platform it's available for. But today I wanted to walk you through this really great new feature that I've been excited about for quite some time, and, and I think a lot of people have been asking about. But now there is a new feature in Astro Gold where you can display a wheel that has both decanic rulers and then a separate wheel that has bound rulers. And I wanted to walk you through that today and show you some of the little features associated with that and some of the things that you can do with it. So let's take a look at the chart. I hope that you're all doing well today. I'm going to make sure that we're sharing our screen here so you can see everything that we're doing. All right, so there we go. We're looking at the Astro Gold website, which is www.astrogold.io. Um, it's a very, it's a very beautiful program. It's very aesthetically pleasing. It's getting more and more powerful all the time. Um, there's kind of a, you know, everybody has their different tools that they like to use as far as astrology goes. Whether it's, you know, the technical tools of how you calculate charts and whatnot or the programs that you use to actually do it. One of the programs that is sort of an industry standard is called Solar Fire. Now, Solar Fire is a PC-only program that you can use on your Mac computer, but it takes some workarounds as far as like using parallels and things like that that can be a little bit cumbersome. I do have Astro Gold, but since I was running into some of these issues with having to find a program that would make it work on my Mac, I found this program Astro Gold and it has been, you know, probably 90 to 95% of everything that I could want from Solar Fire. Um, and it's very easy to use. So again, it is, you could see here that here it's for Mac OS and the Mac OS version is $229.99 at the time of this recording. I would say it's worth every penny. It's an investment. If you want to be a professional astrologer, you can write it off on your taxes. Um, if you're just a hobbyist, you, you will get a lot of use out of this, I, I promise you. Um, I'm not being paid by Astro Gold to say this. I'm just a fan of the program. The iPhone slash iPad iOS app is $39.99 at the time of this recording. Um, I use it every day. I use it to uh, look for elections. Um, if I go out and do something out in the world astrologically, I bring my iP iPad with me um, as far as doing readings for people on the go. It's powerful enough that I can take it to like some kind of um, festival or something like that or some kind of place where I'm doing readings for people like shorter readings, half hour readings, things like that. If I'm going to do a much longer, deeper dive, I'm probably going to use my um, Mac program and do a Zoom reading for people at home. But there's all sorts of different uh, situations where you could be using your astrological software. Uh, and the mobile program is pretty is pretty powerful as well. You can see here we've got, you know, it's really pretty. Uh, you've got these different transit reports. You've got essential dignities that you can look up. Here you can look up declination to see if you are having a planet that's out of bounds and things of that nature. Um, pretty cool stuff. You can do solar returns, uh, you can do transits, secondary progressions, um, solar arcs, all sorts of fun stuff. But what I wanted to show you today is this new feature. So let's go to our chart here, and you can see this is my natal chart, and this is the basic um, astral gold type of display. You've got this yellow wheel on the outside with a, another kind of goldish yellow wheel on the inside. And there's all sorts of different ways you can display a chart. Now on my chart, you can see that I have the seven traditional planets as well as the three outer planets. I have the north and the south node displayed as well as the ascendant, the descendant, the midheaven, 
and also the part of fortune and the part of spirit. I like having those displayed on my chart um, for zodiacal releasing purposes. It gives me just kind of a way to eyeball those things, although you can do zodiacal releasing in astral gold, which is pretty cool. Um, we have these, this kind of thing here called sheets, and sheets gives you a whole bunch of different options to look at. When you click that here on sheets, you can look at different types of your wheel. You can look at it as a grid, the wheel and the grid together, looking at the different aspects um, between planets and points. You've got midpoint listings for if you're doing things like Uranian astrology, midpoint trees, um, essential dignity, which uh, I use a lot when I'm doing a reading for somebody. Uh, it will tell you if a planet is in its exaltation, its triplicity, its term or bound, which we're going to be talking a little bit about today, its face or decan, um, or whether it is having a, a debility like detriment or fall. Now, it does have this kind of um, medieval type scoring system over here. I don't necessarily look, look at that as much in my own practice, mostly because I, uh, since I've studied Hellenistic astrology, um, the way that I was trained is not necessarily to, to score each of the dignities, that each of those dignities sort of has its own role, um, whereas sort of the, the domicile ruler or the kind of sign ruler is sort of like a butler that has responsibilities for that sign and is providing resources, whereas the exaltation ruler is sort of like a... Um, like the owner of the estate, he gets all the benefits of, you know, land ownership or estate ownership, um, but doesn't necessarily have all the responsibilities. Uh, there are other doctrines that think of the exaltation lord as an honored guest of the domicile ruler. Triplicity is more like being a part of your guild uh, or having the support of your group or your community. Um, it is, of course, based on the elements. So you have triplicity rulers, three of them associated with each element, fire, air, earth, and water. The bound ruler is more of a five uh, unequal section of a sign, of one particular sign, that is sort of like a curriculum setter. The way I was taught is it's sort of like a middle school teacher that sets the curriculum and, and sets the rules for a, um, a particular planet within a sign. So if we're looking at the chart over here, if I get rid of this for a minute, you've got the sun, okay? And the sun is in the house in my chart, the house of the moon. And I wanna, I'll demonstrate all these things as we go through the different wheels, because that's really the main point of what I wanted to do today when we're talking about essential dignities is, is display these new features. Now, the first thing I wanted to, to take you through is where do we find the new wheels in Astro Gold? Sometimes this is a little confusing. Well, if you go to the top of your display, you have this little gear icon, which is called the Apps Preferences and Settings. And you click on that, and you'll have a little window that comes up, and it'll show you uh, where your home um, you know, location is, what points are displayed. You can click points on and off in the chart. You see Mars down here. If I click it off, it'll disappear. If I click it back on, it comes back eventually, hopefully. Um, you could say what planets will be included in the aspect reports that you have or the aspect lines that you have displayed on your wheel. I don't have aspect, aspect lines displayed on my wheel because I prefer a little bit of a cleaner display, but I know many people want to see that. I do look at um, whether, you know, you can look in your sheets to see which aspects are perfecting or things of that nature. It's really good, and this is something my, my astrology teacher from Nightlight Astrology, Atuta Bhavadas, really um, professes as well as having the ability to understand an aspect between a planet just by seeing what sign it's in. Um, it, this will help you to practice that without having kind of the cheat, cheat lines. And it, it may actually help you to have a cleaner user experience as well. So here you can see which type of aspects you will use. Since I am a traditional Hellenistic astrologer, I only use the conjunction, the opposition, the trine, the square, and the sextile. Um, but we have these other things here that have been included in different types of astrology, the semi-square, uh, the semi-sextile, the quincunx, things like that. I, I tend to think of those as things like aversions. Similar, uh, a different name for a similar technique, 
but there are different ways that modern astrologers are going to think of those more um, mathematical type of geometric equations for the aspects. And you can show what type of aspect you want to show on your display. Now here is where we are going to look for our new wheels. So here's different wheel styles. I'll, actually, I'll take you through this whole thing real quickly before we come back to that. We've got what kind of zodiac are you going to use? Tropical, okay, Fagan or Allen? All of these different types of, of different zodiacs, some of which are sidereal. I use the tropical zodiac because that's what we use in Western astrology. There's all these different house systems, which there's you know so many different ways to experience that. I use whole sign houses when I'm doing natal work. Um, I use regimentanus houses when I'm doing horary work. Uh, sometimes you can look at things like Placidus, which is the most common one for modern astrology. Um, I will look at porphyry houses every once in a while to find planetary strength. So porphyry is a, a little bit uh, more ancient um, house system that is talked about in, with authors you know, that are using those techniques. I believe that Vedius Valens uses something like porphyry houses uh, as well as the whole sign house. Um, if there are sticklers for details out there, it might, it might be um, Rhetorius instead of Valens, but <laughs> we, can, we can nerd out on that at a different time. I guess the thing that I will um, say that about house systems is one thing that I really have appreciated about how different astrologers do these things is using the house system for the, the, tech, the time frame where the technique came from. I think that is a, a nice compromise. Um, so if you are doing Hellenistic astrology, you know, a lot of the work that you're going to be doing natally is going to come from whole sign houses. If you are using a medieval technique or a uh, more of a, oh, I don't know, a Renaissance technique or like something like William Lilly did with his horary, uh, he used regimentanus houses. So a lot of the things that he's referencing go back to that house system. So I, I tend to, like my teacher, use that house system when I'm using that particular technique. Okay. And, and there's all these different ways you can uh, put different settings in. Here is the dignity with the bound. You can choose which bound you can use, either Ptolemaic bounds or Egyptian bounds. Egyptian bounds are kind of the more original ones that we were seeing or in earlier works from authors like Dorotheus uh, in his Carmen Astrologicum, I believe that's the name of it. Um, he was using these, I guess, Babylonian slash Egyptian bound rulers. And a bound ruler is a, is a planet that is responsible for a certain section of the zodiac sign that is a non-luminary. So we have Saturn, Mars, Jupiter, Venus, and Mercury as bound rulers, but we don't have the sun or the moon as bound rulers. We also have this Ptolemaic bound or term type, where in Ptolemy's uh, work. Ptolemy was a, an astrological um, compendium author where he was taking all these different techniques and turning them into these like encyclopedias in his time period. He claimed to have found a more ancient document that had different bound rulers in it. Um, there's definitely debate as to which one people should use. I use the Egyptian ones um, and I also use the Dorothean uh, triplicities here, if you're curious. And you've got all these other things that you can look at. Now, let's go back to wheels for a second, because that's the really the point of this new feature. So I'm going to put this, this, um, this window down here so you can kind of see here. Now, you have four different wheels that you can display at one time in Astro Gold. The first one is just the uni, the Una wheel. We also have the ability to do a bi-wheel with two. Uh, transits are in green here. We have a another um, type of wheel that we can see here in the outside. And you can do quad, quad wheels if you really feel like it. 
Um, let's say we have a transit here. We have a, let's put a secondary progression, or uh, I'm sorry, a solar return in the, the third wheel. We'll put a, the secondary progression in the by wheel. So you can just see the different colors. Okay, there's purple for secondary progressions. And then you can do uh, directions. Uh, let's see. Let's do like a solar arc direction, see if that comes up in a, there it is in a different color. Okay, so you've got this like quad wheel. This is way too much information for me to look at at one period of time, but I'm just showing that you that you can display these different things um, at one time. Now, I'm just gonna go back to one single wheel because when we are using these new features, you're only gonna be able to see them when you display one wheel at a time. So under the Una wheel, we have these different styles that you can put out there, uh, and they're going to list all these different wheel styles. Now, you have these European wheels that look a little bit different. Um, I've never used these other types, really. Uh, I mean, they're all pretty, and they're interesting. So w whichever wheel style uh, works for you, um, try them out see what see what works for you i think that this is really one of the keys with astrology in general is um, there's a lot of different ways to speak with the oracle and i think that um, this is something i learned from jeffrey cornelius right it, it's the there is oracular space that is created between the symbols the symbolic language the astrologer and the client and then there's like that fourth thing that that space that you create that you're where you're receiving these messages and there's lots of different ways to receive oracular divinatory messages so the, the key is to really just entrain yourself or to, to attune yourself to a certain set of techniques and be consistent with them over time so that when you are you know trying to figure out what what divinity is speaking towards that you'll be able to repeat that instead of just having something random uh, happening. All right, so we've got this beautiful Astro Gold wheel number one style. And the first thing we're going to look at is the Deccan rulers. Now, this is fun because they come in these kind of rainbow colors. All right, we've got these different rainbow styles. And you can see that we have the signs on the outside, okay, the, the sign glyphs. And we have the Deccan or face rulers, the planets that rule these 10 degree sections of the zodiac. Okay, each of these 30 degree signs are divided into 10 degree sections. And they are listed here inside of the planetary glyph. All right, so that is very neat because you can see, we can see like that my sun is in the Deccan that is ruled by Mercury, all right? My ascendant is in the Deccan ruled by Mars. Now there are a few different types of planetary rulers or ways to calculate planetary rulers for Deccans. And we can find that by right-clicking on your mouse somewhere in the screen, and you will see that you can change the different uh, planets and points that are displayed. And we also can change rulerships. So you can see we have modern, traditional, esoteric, and hierarchical things that we can choose from. Now, modern Deccans, if we switch to that, will use the modern uh, planetary rulers. And the way that they're, they're calculating the Deccans with modern rulers is they will start with the sign ruler and then move through in sort of zodiacal order. So for example, the moon, uh, rules Cancer. So we have Cancer uh, ruling this first Deccan. We have Scorpio ruled by Pluto in this modern system in the second Deccan, and then Neptune associated with Pisces in this third Deccan, uh, and so on and so forth for all of the different signs. If I looked at Leo, we have Leo is ruled by the Sun. Uh, the next sign in order would be Sagittarius ruled by uh, Jupiter, and then the next sign in that order would be Mars ruling Aries. Now, I use traditional rulerships. I do not use modern rulerships. I use traditional rulerships. So what we have here 
is what is called descending Chaldean order. There are two types of traditional rulerships for Deccans, and each of them are used in various practices as far as like some people will use these for planetary magic, for thinking about the sort of the, I don't know, the flavor of that particular Deccan. Uh, I first started using the Chaldean Deccans that we have displayed here, the De Chaldean Decanic rulers. Um, and then I saw a really great talk by Austin Kopic where he started using both simultaneously to get the flavor of, of the, the Deccan itself. So I've started to think about them with both uh, Chaldean rulers and um, triplicity rulers. Now, at this time of this recording, we can only use descending Chaldean decanic rulers. That's what you're going to get when you click traditional. Okay. And that's okay. That's, that's a good place to start. Uh, I did make a request from uh, Steph Johnson to maybe add a, a tri triplicity option potentially. If, if you want to use techniques that use that uh, way of calculating the decans, um, I would also like to be able to display decans and bound rulers on the same wheel at the same time. That would be the ultimate for me, so I could see all this in one wheel. But this is a really great start um, and a really uh, a huge upgrade to be able to even see these and switch between them pretty easily. It's not that hard to, to switch in and out of this. All right, now there's these two other types here, esoteric. I'm not really sure uh, what these are about. Um, I don't have familiarity with esoteric rulerships. This might be something related to Uranian astrology or some kind of system that I'm not too familiar with. If you are, if you are familiar with this type of um, rulership scheme, feel free to leave me a comment in the comment section and explain what's going on here. Because um, we also have a hierarchical one, which is kind of fascinating. I don't know what exactly changed with that. That one gets really funky when we get sign rulerships because there's uh, like they have ones where Vulcan, the, the um, hypothetical planet Vulcan is helping to rule the sign of Taurus. I believe that is Uranian astrology, but don't quote me on that. I'm not an expert. If that is something that you use, more power to you. Um, it's just something I don't have a lot of familiarity with. But I'm going back to traditional decanic rulers here. So you can see that we have a kind of a, oh, I don't know, like, for example, uh, Venus in my chart is at 16 degrees of Gemini. It is in the house of Mercury, but it's in the Deccan of Mars. So this Deccan is ruled by both Mars and then Venus in the uh, triplicity method. So in the descending Chaldean order, we have Mars ruling Venus. And in the triplicity method, we have Venus here as a co-ruler. So if we were to show you how to kind of think about this, um, I'll show you the card associated with this, because this is some, this is just a preview of a talk that I'm going to be giving on July the 17th at noon p.m. Eastern Daylight Time for the Nightlight Astrology Speaker Series. I'm going to be talking about how to use Deccans and the Tarot and uh, how to kind of incorporate that into your system. But this is here's just a little small example. We have the Decanic Tarot card that's associated with uh, the second Deccan of Gemini is the Nine of Swords. And here we have a figure that is kind of uh, awake at night, kind of having a nightmare, trying to balance out um, potential choices or opposites. And we have this kind of, you know, feeling of being separated and united both at the same time, but being able to hold duality, being able to hold potentially a yin and a yang type of experience at one particular time. And eventually a choice has to be made. And if we looked and we, and we looked at our third decan of Gemini, we have the sun, but also Saturn, as the, the sun would be the Chaldean ruler and Saturn would be the triplicity ruler. So we have opposite planets ruling Gemini decans. So in that case, we would have the choice of selection, which is a, a, an association with the sun, and you know denial or something where we're having to contract something with uh, Saturn. 
And of course, if we talked about that third decan of Gemini, we would see that we had to make a choice, and I've talked about this on this channel, we had to make a choice between options that led to a Ten of Swords type of experience where we are, you know, one twin, like Castor or, uh, or Pollux, right, had to give up something so that the other could live. So in this case, Castor was the mortal twin and Pollux had to give up part of his immortality so that Castor could live again. And this has things, themes to do with like the, the sun reaching the peak of the summer solstice as it's about to move into cancer and then the solar sacrifice as the sun begins to descend in the sky. Um, there's also some things associated with daimonic spirits with these different decans, but we'll get into all of that in my talk. Again, uh, shameless plug, July the 17th, Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I'll put a link in the, uh, the video description here, um, but you can find that at nightlightastrology.com. You can register. It's a free talk. Um, there, you know, Achuta Bhavadas uh, uh, raises a lot of money to, and brings in guest speakers. So he's able to bring in people like myself and, and make them free to the public. It's a really cool service. There's some really excellent people that have been guest speakers in his program. Um, so make sure that you, you sign up for that and reserve your space. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll go on a, a nice journey together and we'll be able to use this new astral gold feature to be able to see where a planet is within a certain decan. So you can see one other little example here, just using my own chart. The moon in my chart is in Taurus at 15 degrees Taurus in the second decan of Taurus, right uh, within three degrees of the midheaven in the 10th house. Now it is in the decan of Taurus that is ruled by the moon. So not only does the moon in my chart have exaltation dignity, it also has dignity by face or by decan. It's in its own decan. So this moon is very powerful in my chart. It's something that you all are going to see very visibly because it's at the top of the chart. Uh, a lot of the, the significations related to the moon, um, you know, trying to generate things, uh, also trying to bring people together, trying to nurture. All of those things are going to be very visible on my chart and something that's very powerful, especially because it rules my son in cancer. Okay. So this is just using my own chart and my own experience to show you how you would might use the, the decanic rulership feature of the specific chart wheels. Okay. So let's move on to the bound um, rulership here. All right. So we have this. Now, again, this is in preferences. So you click the little wheel here. All right. The little gear at the top. And we're in wheels. And we're going to go to wheel style in the uni wheel, the, the, the just one wheel. Um, and we're going to go down. First, I'll show you. Uh, before we get to the terms, I'll show you sign rulerships. This is kind of neat. This is this displays the ruler of the house. So if you're still learning astrology, this can be really helpful to be able to understand what what planet is the domicile ruler or the house ruler for the planet that is residing in that particular house. So here we have uh, again. Uh, if we look at my Venus, Venus is in Gemini, in the house of Mercury. So Mercury is going to be providing resources for Venus. Now, in my particular chart, it's difficult for Mercury to provide for Venus because it's in what's called an Antitia relationship. It is, it is in a blind spot that's on either side of where the planet is. Now, there is some mitigating factors in my own chart because Venus is in its own bound. So we'll, we'll see that when we get to um, the bound display wheel. But I just wanted to show you that this is kind of a nice feature here. If you're learning astrology and you're trying to learn which planets rule each of houses, again, if you right click, you can change the way you do this. If we want, if you practice modern astrology, you can see that we've got the outers included as sign rulers. 
It's not something that I would recommend if you practice uh, Hellenistic astrology, but again, different strokes for different folks. Here we'll see that Neptune would, would be displayed with Pisces, uh, Uranus with Aquarius, and Pluto with Scorpio. Now, esoteric is where it gets a little fun. We've got uh, Vulcan ruling Taurus. <laughs> the I believe this is the part of fortune, but it could also be Earth. I, I think the part of fortune and Earth are similar symbols. Uh, ruling Sagittarius. I, I have no idea what the doctrines are for this esoteric type of thing. We've got Mercury ruling uh, Aries in this system and all sorts of things that I don't completely understand. But again, I'm sure that for somebody out there, this is what they're using and it'll work for them. Hierarchical, hierarchical ones look like they are using some similar things, but with some shifts here. Um, again, I, I have a feeling this is, has to do with something with Uranian astrology, um, but I use the traditional ones. So if you wanna do the type of astrology that I do with Hellenistic or with Renaissance or medieval astrology, Stick with the traditional ones on the features here. Okay, so that's another type of wheel that you can do. Uh, if we go back here, uh, we can look at these two types of term rulerships or bound rulerships. Now you can dis display both Egyptian terms or the uh, Dorthean terms with terms Egypt or Ptolemaic ones down here and it'll be abbreviated P-T-O-L or E-G-Y-P. So I'm gonna click on Egyptian terms because that's the type that I use in my astrology. And I'm going to get rid of this box for a minute because this is, the, uh, this is all we need for now. Now you can see that we have these five unequal sections for each sign. And they each have a non-luminary, which means that Every planet besides the sun and the moon, every traditional planet besides the sun and the moon, is responsible for a certain part of a particular uh, temple or a particular sign or house. Okay, and it's this is a uh, an interesting technique, bound rulership, because there is still some mystery around how these rulers were determined. Now, I don't have a great answer for why they, dis they assigned particular, um, particular uh, bound rulers to each part. I do think that there is uh, one astrologer, I think, who's done some work on this. I believe his name is Patrick Watson, who has some uh, theories about bound rulerships. But again, um, I, I don't know if it's there is anybody that has like the, the you know, the be-all end-all answer for this. What I will point out is that there are some themes that are present and one of those themes is that we see that there is at the end of each sign malefic bound lords. Now bound lords or term rulers are thought of sort of like like curriculum managers, they're rule setters. Now, my teacher Achutabhava had a theory that he was teaching us in his year two program where he associated each type of rulership, sort of this theoretical thing, with a different planet type based on the aspect relationships in the Thema Mundi, the, the natal chart of the world, the philosophical natal chart of the world. And he associated bound rulers with Saturn, sort of like the setting the terms, setting the limits like, like Saturn would. He associated triplicity with Jupiter because of the elemental structure and the trine relationship with Jupiter. Um, he was talking about exaltations uh, having to do with the moon um, because of the, I don't know, kind of the waxing and waning, the you know being ri uh, rising up to the height of fortune, and then being cast down to the to, to the depths perhaps. Um, and then he didn't really have anything specific for Deccan or face rulership. That's something I've been thinking about, but it, I don't think it correlates necessarily one-to-one. -one. Um, but one thing that you can notice with these bound rulerships is that you're going to sort of have uh, either a more strict or a more lenient teacher, uh, depending on whether you have benefics, um, 
Jupiter or Venus as bound rulers, or the malefic planets, Mars or Saturn, as the bound or term rulers, and maybe have one that's a little bit um, ambiguous with Mercury. Now, what you're going to notice is that at the end of each of these signs, you're going to have malefic bound lord, Mars or Saturn being the malefic. And, and that makes the end of each sign perhaps a little more difficult. And we have this sort of esoteric doctrine of anoretic degrees at the end of a sign, which I think is a more modern practice. But we can see similar things playing out in traditional astrology because we're going to have either Mars or Saturn ruling the end of each of these signs. And we can see that really clearly now in astral gold with this display that we have. Now, again, if you right click, you can change um, the displayed points. Now with the bound rulers, there's not going to be any way to change the calculations uh, between Egyptian or Dorothy, I'm sorry, between Egyptian or Ptolemaic bounds with the right click, you're going to have to do that from the preferences wheel itself or the preferences gear. Okay. Now, if we were just trying to show, demonstrate this technique really quickly, you can see that in my chart, Venus is in the house of Mercury. He was in the, or she, he, she, he, they were in the, this is a, I think a they Venus because it's in the house of Mercury for sure. Um, this Venus is in the Deccan of Mars and Venus respectively, if we're depending on what you're going to choose. And then we can see that Venus has some actual dignity Okay, by being in its own bound or its own terms. So my particular Venus at 16 degrees of Gemini is in the terms or the bounds of Venus. So it has some agency. When a planet is in its own terms, it sort of is able to set its own curriculum. Now, this is really funny because one of the, the main jobs that I've had over the course of my career, look at Venus is ruling my 10th house of career, okay, which is Taurus, is I, I've been a, a designer of curriculum. I taught at a community college and I've taught at like a uh, adult education type of park and, or parks and rec type of department. Um, I've designed curriculum for classes that I've taught for astrology and, and will be doing that more so in the future. That is something that I do a lot in my job. I design curriculum. I design the rules. I design how we're going to learn a specific technique. And I think you can really see that reflected in how Venus is able to set the rules for um, the group in this case, being in the 11th house of groups and of benefactors and things like that. Uh, I, I also... Um, you know, find myself in leadership positions for, for the group and, and being able to kind of set my own terms as far as my career is concerned. I'm able to be my own boss for the most part and say I can set my own hours. I, can, I have a little bit of a flexible schedule. I've always kind of been a self-employed type of person. I've worked for certain organizations here and there, but a lot of it is, is there, I have a lot of freedom in how I design my day and how I design my work life. And that's something that's a value that's very important to me. And I think that a lot of that is really reflected in Venus being in its own bound or term. Okay. Now, you know, you can see some other things here. If we were to kind of look at what some other planets are doing here, my sun is in the bound of Mercury, and my ascendant is also in the bound of Mercury. In traditional astrology, especially in Firmicus Maternus, they talk a lot about uh, the type of person you are based on where your ascendant is by bound. Uh, and with Mercury being my bound lord for both my sun and my ascendant, I'm going to display a lot of mercurial tendencies. I'm going to be someone who is a communicator. I'm going to be someone who is a translator. I'm a translator for, for astrology, for the stars, bringing these significations down to, to earth and, and help hoping to uh, you know provide value for people by uh, being an intermediary between worlds. And you know in traditional astrology, 
the ruler of astrology was Mercury because Mercury is that translator, is that diviner of sorts. So this is something that really is something you can play with in your own chart by displaying this wheel and seeing where your ascendant is. Do you have the, the ascendant in Mars? Uh, Mars's term? Well, you might be a fighter. You may have situations where you have to have courage in your life, where you uh, maybe experience more conflict through your personality or the way that you express yourself. Uh, if you have, you know, the bound of Venus, maybe you're an artist. Maybe you're somebody who is a peacemaker and try, always trying to unify and bring people together. If you have an ascendant in the bound of Jupiter, perhaps you're a teacher or somebody who is trying to think about the moral implications of life in general. So all sorts of ways you can experiment with that, with these different bound Lord relationships and displays. Um, so that is something that you can use this for. Another thing I wanted to touch on, another way that this will be useful is uh, there is a technique, I believe, in Persian astrology. I, I think there, there is some uh, literature in Hellenistic astrology on this as well. It's something that's a little bit new to me, but, but that, that's primary directions and directing something through the bounds. So this is something that um, there is a, a very, uh, there's a book that whoever, the people that, that use this technique always refer back to. It's a book by Martin Ganston, and I will show you this here. Uh, and it is called Primary Directions. Here is, I think this is the, well, yeah. So here is a um, website that talks a lot about primary directions. Here we have, this is uh, seven, seven Stars Astrology. I'm not exactly sure who the astrologer is behind this website. Um, I couldn't find that on here. I probably know of them, maybe. But here is The Primary Directions by Martin Ganston. And this is a technique that, that was uh, introduced to me in more depth by an astrologer named Nate Craddock. And this, this might even be Nate's site. I don't think it is, but uh, this is something that... that he introduced at Norwac 2021, where you kind of, it's a timing technique where you can uh, direct your ascendant or, or any point, really, a planet or, a, uh, or an angle, and, and you can move it by a certain amount of time. And each, I believe that we have one degree of right ascension equals one year of the life or four minutes of clock time. Okay, so this is a technique where you can kind of move your chart and see when different bound rulers will take over the life, where different planets will, will come to an angle and be more prevalent. So I'll include this link in the direction or in the description as well. But I have to get this book. This, this is one book I don't have yet, Primary Directions by Martin Ganston. Okay. But if we go back to our chart, I'll just show you this really quickly. Uh, I have my uh, timekeeping device on Astro Gold set to four minutes. So you can, you can change the, the uh, number that you are directing something forward. You can choose seconds, hours, days, weeks. But I have it set at four minutes. So I'm going to go forward by four minutes to show you every year of my life and what might change. So remember, we started off with Mercury uh, ruling my ascendant by bound lord, right? Well, watch what happens at age four. One, two, three, four. I switch over to the ascendant bound lord being Mars. Now, just a little personal story about me. When I was four years old, uh, after my parents got divorced, I was living with my mom for a period of time, and... I went to go live with my dad around four years old. So there was a big significant shift in my life that happened as I switched a bound Lord here. Um, and it, it was a separation. There was a separation between me and my mom for a period of time. And it, it, you could see that Mars is severing and separating from things. So that's a really interesting technique that you can play with uh, as far as moving forward. Now if you go five, six, that's six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 
12, like 11 or 12, you know, things were changing for young Spencer with having the ascendant kind of flip over and potentially me coming into more of my own skill set. That was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. And I, right around this time I was leaving school, you can see the, the, the midheaven switched over from the bound rulership of Mars and you know Saturn and Taurus here into Gemini with Mercury here. So I was leaving for school, going to college. Um, and then right around here was age 20. I kind of started my music career around this period of time with when my ascendant was hitting Jupiter, I, I really started to uh, learn more about my music skills and, and really take that seriously. And you could see Jupiter was right on my ascendant directing through the bounds. Here's another interesting thing that was going on right around age 20. I moved from that Mercury bound into the Venus ruled bound. Okay, so I became an artist. I, I was an artist for many, many years before I was an astrologer. So this is roughly age 20 or so, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, I released my album. And once Saturn came to my uh, ascendant, I switch over to this Mars thing. I inherited a lot of responsibility with um, my teenage daughter. Uh, there was some conflicts within the family that led to me having a lot more responsibility. Okay, so you see Saturn directed to the Ascendant here. Just really interesting. This is something to play with. And, and this wheel display from Astral Gold will give you the ability to see it in real time, which bound ruler you're looking at. Okay, so I think that is is what I've got for you today. I just want to show you one more little thing here that is pretty cool. If you're if you have Astro Gold and you're not familiar with this program very much, this is something that I you know I'm still learning how to use it. There's so many features with it. Uh, of of course, with the sheets, you've got all sorts of cool stuff. Fedaria, you've got perfections. Uh, I will be coming into a Saturn perfection for two years coming up here for you know two Saturn years in a row on my birthday which is Wednesday July the 7th uh, please join me for a special birthday celebration on Wednesday I'm going to do a live stream at 1 p.m eastern daylight time I'm going to have my lovely partner Tanya Andrews uh, joining me for this celebration and we're going to talk all all things new moon and cancer and just having a little mini party online with all of you so we can celebrate together. Um, but in this sheets, you can also see that we, we are looking at zodiacal releasing. You can change whether you release from spirit or from fortune or from Eros or things of that nature. Lunar mansions, if you use those things. I really like this program. You can do some stuff with fixed stars, uh, fixed star parans if you use Paranatella. Uh, we've got horary dignities, which is pretty neat. Uh, but one last thing I wanted to show you is we've got this little um, kind of, uh, what is this, magnifying glass here. This is something I've used a lot lately that I didn't really realize it was there because uh, it was only recently added in a few updates ago. Uh, but my friend L Melissa LaFara turned me on to this and it was very helpful. So here's like the next Mercury retrograde. Let's say that I'm looking at the current transits. If you go into this little... Um, magnifying glass you could say okay when's the next mercury retrograde okay transferring mercury and it'll show you on september the 27th we will have a mercury retrograde at 25 degrees of libra when will it turn direct again it will turn direct on october the 18th at 10 degrees of libra you can also see when a planet is going to move into uh, a new sign so here is the next ingress for the sun into leo on july the 22nd you can look for new moons or full moons. You can look for eclipses. You can look for the moon returning to a certain position in the chart or any house uh, cusp. Um, I've used this for decades. So like if we want to see when the sun's going to move into Cancer 3. All right, so here we've got, here's, here's something neat. Let's go back to preferences and we'll go back to our decans and we're going to see decans displayed. So now, I've seen that I can go directly to the sun going into the lunar decan of Cancer and moving out of the Mercury decan. And that happens on July the 11th. 
So all sorts of cool things that you can do with this program. So again, Astro Gold, if you're out there and you're listening, you can make me, you can, I'll be, I'd be happy to be a brand ambassador for you. But uh, this first one's free. <laughs> like, but, no, again, this program's really great. Their customer service is really good. Steph Johnson is over, I believe, in Australia um, doing really good work here and um, really making a nice program for those of us who are Mac users. So I highly recommend this program. And it's even more functional now for, for traditional astrologers with these new features that they've added. So, all right, that's what I've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful and educational for all of you. Uh, remember, I do have a, um, a Deccan lecture that I'm going to be talking about on July the 17th. Let's see if I can find this video for you. I'll share this video and show you this cool little thing that I was doing. I made this little, um, this video. I'll show you this real quick. This is kind of cool. And you can see it on the screen. All right. So on July the 17th, you will see that for the Nightlight Speaker Series, I will be doing Face Off, incorporating the Deccans into your astrological practice, July the 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, I will try to incorporate cool little graphics like this in my presentation. Uh, for those of you who are curious, there are ways to make um, very dynamic um, presentations in the website canva.com. That's where I did this kind of little, uh, I don't know, placard for my talk that's coming up. Um, and also, stick around on Wednesday, 1 p.m., you will, uh, we're going to be talking about the new moon at 18 degrees of cancer that happens on Friday, but we're going to be doing our live stream on Wednesday, my birthday and my solar return it happens the same day. So you can come celebrate solar return Spencer on Wednesday, July the 7th at 1 PM Eastern daylight time. So that's what I've got for you today. Thank you so much for being here with me. I hope that you're all doing well and surviving Mars opposite Saturn and all those things. Um, if you are new to this channel, please, please, please hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. If you want this to get out to more people, share it with your friends. If you found it helpful or useful, lots of, uh, educational tidbits here. If you want to make a material donation to the work that I do, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. There'll be a link in the video description that is helping me to do this type of work. Um, I try to keep this content free for the most amount of people possible. The other thing you can do if you want to support the work that I do is reach out for a reading. If you want to talk about decans, I have a specific decanic fixed star reading that I can do for all of you. And you can see a link to that in the video description or go to my website, spencermichaud.com. All right. That's what I've got for you, everyone. I hope that you're doing well, uh, having a nice uh, July 2021 or whenever you're listening to this into the future. And I will talk to you soon. Peace.